Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Okay, you guys, so it's very rare that I totally geek out and fangirl over a guest, but this next guest, I totally did. Heidi Zach is the co-founder and co-CEO of Third Love, which is the fastest growing and most disruptive brand in the lingerie industry. I know it because I wear it. I love Third Love. I love the fit. I love feeling like I'm not even wearing a bra. And I think this brand is going places. Take a listen. Welcome, Heidi, to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here, and particularly because I am obsessed with your brand and watching really how it grew in a way that felt so truly organic and authentic. Really great stuff. Thank you. Thanks for being a customer. I love hearing that. (laughs) Of course, of course. And before we get started talking about Third Love, I'd love to talk a little bit about you. Can you take a look back at your career? And when you take that look back, can you find three moments that you think really helped get you to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think one of the biggest decisions that I made was uh, when I was at business school. So I was at MIT Sloan um, for business school. And the reason I had gone back to business school was I had worked on the service side of business. So I had done investment banking and I had done consulting and I really wanted to move into a more operational role at a retail company. That was really my goal. So it was interesting because at MIT, as you could imagine, the sort of big retailers of the world were not coming on campus to interview. <laughs> um, you know, it was more of the big consulting firms, traditional, traditional kind of companies. And so what I ended up doing was making a list of the top 20 retail companies I wanted to work with in New York. And I cold called them and cold emailed them. And mm. I spent a good portion of my time, second semester of first year, really just kind of pounding the pavement, trying to get a foot in the door. I was one of the last people of my business school class to get a summer internship. And I have to be, you know, totally candidly, I was freaking out because everyone else had a job. And I was like, I got to see this out. I know something's going to work out. And it was my moment to, to change my career. And I ended up with an internship at Aeropostal. And then I ended up there full time after business school. And that was really my gateway into retail, so to speak. And it was really because I took the time and effort to make that happen. So it was not accepting kind of the status quo of where everyone goes after business school. It was having focus, knowing what you wanted to do, being unafraid to reach out. I assume this is one of the people that you cold called, right? Yeah. And so as luck would have it, I had was cold. I literally was cold calling. This is when people still actually use the telephone, you know, real old school. And so, so I actually had cold called the company and I got in touch with our head of HR. And he said, actually, you know, our head of strategy and e-commerce is looking to bring on an MBA intern this summer for the first time ever. And I said, okay, awesome. Well, let me jump on the train and, you know, come down from Boston. And, and I ended up going and interviewing with him and the CEO, and then it all worked out. And so, um, yeah, no, truly it was from kind of literally cold calling. <laughs> so unbelievable, unbelievable. Okay. Tell me about your second moment. So the second moment I would say was, uh, the choice I made to go to Google, 
Um, and so when I left Aeropostal, which was amazing, and I was there about five years, had an amazing you know, experience, learned a ton. Uh, my husband, um, we had just gotten married. He got a job on the West Coast, so we decided to move to San Francisco from New York. And I had two different directions. I could have taken my career, and I explored both. One was sort of continuing down the retail path. So I was interviewing at Gap and Levi's and even a very small startup at the time called Stella and Dot, um, which was about 30 people when I interviewed with them. It was it was a wow. long time ago. And then and then Google, you know, and so when push came to shove, basically I made that decision because I had never worked for a true tech company. And yeah. really the, you know, the experience at Google, I learned so much about innovation and change and pushing boundaries and getting really comfortable with that. And I I really believe if I wouldn't have had that experience, I wouldn't have been as successful today at Third Love, you know, over the past six years. Because working for a startup in Silicon Valley, especially one like Google, even though they were big at the time, it's truly different than any other type of traditional corporate environment. And if you don't have that and you've never done it, you don't get it. So it really allows you to learn how to be nimble and really think like an entrepreneur, even though you're not in a, in a setting like Google, you're not technically an entrepreneur, but I feel like those companies are very entrepreneurial in nature and help you think differently and quickly. Yeah. And I think for me, Google opened my eyes to this idea of failing is a great thing and crazy ideas yeah. are amazing. And it's the opposite yeah. of corporate environments where they're like, oh, well, what's the risk factors? And, you know, what could go wrong here? You know, a lot of big corporate companies kind of focus on the potential negative versus Google is really like, that's a crazy idea. You should do it. And it likely will fail. And that's okay because we're going to learn from it. And it's a completely a mind shift that you have to have. And it took me a while to get used to it. But it's, you know, those are how amazing, amazing ideas aren't created and amazing companies aren't created because you're scared of failure. That's certainly not the case. It's a fabulous lesson. Okay. Moment number three. Um, you know, moment number three was really making the decision, of course, to leave Google to start Third Love. Uh, it was six months of debating and thinking about it. So it definitely did not happen overnight. And it really got to the point where I said to myself, you know, I've really tried to focus on not having regrets, both personally and professionally. That's something I really do think about when I make big decisions. It's like, am I, am I potentially going to regret this or not? you know, regret if I don't do this. And so particularly with leaving Google, it was like, if I don't leave to start this company, am I going to regret the decision that I didn't try it? And the answer was yes. And so then it made it a lot easier for me to kind of tell my boss that I was leaving. I mean, my parents legitimately thought I was crazy. They were like, you're leaving Google, which is the best company in the world to work for, <laughs> to not take a salary, to start a bra company. They had thought I lost my mind, but it was a, the right decision. Of course, six years later, I can laugh about it, but it definitely wasn't an easy decision, but it was definitely a turning point for sure. And so now looking at it, Six years later and five years after launching the business, more than 10 million women have used FitFinder, which I know I personally used and was so excited because it, it really gave me a different perspective on what I thought my, my actual size was different from what I thought it was. And it helps women find a bra that really does fit their body. Talk to me about how you came up with this concept and how you marketed this concept. Yeah. So I, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, were you a lingerie aficionado? You know, like, were you very into bras yeah. and underwear? Was that a thing? And I said, no, I was just an ordinary woman who felt like there wasn't, you know, a great brand and really great product for me. And when I talked to other women, I found that I wasn't alone. And specifically with bras, 
as you mentioned, same with me, you know, I was always wearing a bra size that wasn't right for me. And in particular, I'm a half cup, so I never really had a bra that fit. And so really, if you think about a a very trained bra fitter in a high-end boutique who really knows what she's doing, she doesn't use a measuring tape. You walk into the dressing room and she'll look at what you have on and the bra you have on, and she basically sizes you up and understands like what if the bra is too big or too small, if you have fit issues, kind of what type of body shape and breast shape you have. She can identify that in a moment uh, because she's very trained. And so in essence, what we did was take that knowledge of a fit finder and apply it digitally through the fit finder to ask women um, those type of questions so that we could really, through algorithms and data science and data points, recommend the best size and style for each woman and her unique body size and shape. So that, in essence, is what the Fit Finder does. And it's really exciting because obviously you don't need to interact with anyone else and you can do it any time of the day from your computer or your phone or, or wherever you are. One of the things that I saw around Third Love when I first got introduced to this was the power of women who discovered this and wanted to share it, both through, I mean, you have a great referral program and, and all of that, but just people who couldn't stop talking about it. Is it based on your marketing or is it just that it's a really good product? How important is the marketing to the overall success of Third Love? Uh, it's a, definitely a combination of both. So the way I would frame it is in the early days, nobody knew who Third Love was. And so absolutely figuring out how to market Third Love and how to get in front of women and get her to try our bras was really, really important because we didn't have millions of customers. And so in the early days, we developed this program. We still have it today called Try Before Buying, where we would ship a woman a bra. Um, she would just pay for $2.99 for shipping, and she could actually take the tags off and wear it for 30 days and make sure it was her new favorite bra. If she didn't love it, she could send it back to us free of charge, no questions asked. And so what we were really trying to do through that initiative was to take the risk out of the situation to get her to try a brand she might not have heard of in the past. And that hugely helped us grow our business, to market our business, and to get women to try us. Now you fast forward to today, most women don't do try before buying because they have lots of friends who have tried Third Love and they hear about it all the time. And so um, I think with marketing, it really is figuring out where you are at each moment in time and what you need to do to help grow your brand. And it completely evolves as your company scales. So that's what we've seen with our business. And how important is social media and social media advertising to your marketing mix? Very important. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we, similar to other brands, um, I think that have come and launched in the past five, you know, five years, uh, absolutely Facebook's been a big channel for us, um, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, et cetera. Um, however, I will say that our marketing mix has definitely shifted again over time where we market everywhere. So we use direct mail. Um, we're on TV. We, we do TV commercials now. We do radio. For example, Sirius XM is really amazing for us. Um, the news stations actually are top performers. So there's definitely a wide range in terms of what we do. And, and we don't really think about it as channels, we think about it as like, where is our customer? What might she be doing? Like, where can we reach her? And it's a lot of different places. And so we want to be all those places. I love that you expanded to a little bit more uh, channels that are considered traditional, right? If, you th if you're thinking about where your customer is, they are spending time there. That's so interesting about the news 
that's really a, a fascinating and interesting insight in terms of how you approach. Absolutely. And you think about it when you're driving, you're, you're pretty captive. If you think about if you spend any time at all driving and commuting, you know, a lot of people might have the news on in the morning or in the evening, just catching up and you're very captive. You're in the car, you have the news on and you listen. And so versus a, a channel like Facebook, where it's part when you're on Facebook or when you're on Instagram, you're actually doing some type of other activity and marketing is intermixed. Whereas when you're listening to the radio while you're driving, it's almost 100% of your attention. So it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition between the two mediums. One of the things that I've seen that I love in particular, you have such a wide variety of sizes. There, there's over 70, right? Last time I looked, there are things like 70 different sizes. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Wow. And so you use in a lot of the advertising that I've seen and your content that I've seen, you use a lot of real women. They look real. They are many different shapes and sizes and, and really represent, I think, your customer. At least that's how it appears to be. Tell me a little bit about that choice. And also, if you're tapping into influencers in that movement, I know there's a lot around kind of body positivity and lots of different shapes and sizes. Have you leveraged that at all? Absolutely. So I think it's really important that uh, women, when they're looking at content that a brand is creating, that they can see somebody who's somewhat relatable to them, right? Uh, and we've definitely focused on having diversity uh, in body shape and body size and breast size in, you know, ethnicity and age, um, et cetera, and all of those different ways. Uh, but specifically, we also really listen to our customers. And yep. a, an example of this, uh, because I do think it is pretty unique, is that one of our customers wrote in a letter, um, not a letter, an email, I should say. And she basically was saying, I love my 24-7 t-shirt bra. Um, and I just got your catalog in the mail. And she actually s took a photo of herself in the bra and, 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 and attached it to this email and said, but the one thing I saw in your catalog, and she was around 50 years old, she said, is that all your models looked like they were, you know, 30s and, and probably not even into their 40s. Nobody looked older than 30 something. And, you know, I look great in my bra and I want to see more women like me. Uh, and she was probably expecting maybe nobody would respond to her or somebody would say, thanks for your input, you know, we'll take it into consideration. Well, we actually wrote her back and said, um, that's awesome. You look great. Will you come model for us? That's amazing. We flew her up to San Francisco. And so she did a photo shoot for us. Um, she'll be in our upcoming emails, catalogs, et cetera. And she is a real customer, a real woman. She looks amazing. And, you know, we really took it to heart. So I think that especially in this day and age, like brands should really use their customers. Like you have a customer base. So, so connect with them and listen to them. And, and um, yeah, so I, I love Hope and I love that story. Oh, that is awesome. And what about tapping into influencers? Have you been using influencers as part of your strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So we launched um, 25 new sizes, like you were mentioning, in June. Yep. We partnered with an influencer um, to help us launch, launch the sizes just so she could really speak to what she felt was missing in the market. She was a customer of ours. She wore our bras. And absolutely through, you know, communicating through her social channels, it just further elevates our message and gets it out there to a new audience. So influencer apps are absolutely uh, key to our strategy. It's finding the right ones. It's finding the ones yeah. that sense, and that's what's hard. <laughs> and making sure that they're authentic 
to you, right? Yes. The best influencers, I think, always are the ones that truly love and get your brand and get why it's such a big deal. Like for me with Third Love, what I have experienced is once you do try it and experience it, it really doesn't feel like any other bra because you could wear it all day. It's not, you know how you like, you rush to get home and you want to take your bra off right away. You could actually wear your Third Love bra all day. And I mean that totally sincerely. Totally. And that was the, that's like, in my mind, that's what makes our bras so great. And women say this to me all the time. Like I fell asleep and I had my bra and I didn't even realize it. It's really this idea that you're not thinking about your bra for sure. That makes, you know, that's our goal is that you never think about your bra. Do you tap into Heidi? I'm just thinking about my own girls for a second. I have a, um, an 11 year old and a 15 year old. Do you Mm -hmm. tap into the teen market at all? We haven't yet. I mean, we do have a wireless bra, but we haven't created specific product for that tween and teen demographic. Absolutely opportunity. And we have passionate advocates in the the moms. So it's something we'll do eventually. We're we're currently not doing. Yeah. It's interesting to look at because I um, definitely as a, as a third love devotee would definitely pass that down, but I really haven't, it it makes sense that you haven't necessarily marketed it that way because I haven't really thought about it for them in the same way. But now I'm actually thinking of it right now. <laughs> I'm like, actually, I, I need to order those as, as we speak. It's funny. So it, yeah, it could be an opportunity for you. Very cool. All right. We're going to head over to the, the lightning round. I'm going to ask you three quick questions and you just tell me whatever comes to the uh, top of your mind. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. You can only use one social network for the rest of your life. Which one would you choose and why? Instagram, I think it's the combination of the visual aesthetic um, and the connection. And with the feed and Instagram stories, it's I spend the vast majority of my time on Instagram. Fabulous. Now, if I asked you which social network has the best results for Third Love, would it still be the same? That's a good question. Yeah, I would say it's Facebook slash Instagram, which in essence is one in the same. That's a good way because usually it's like the Facebook targeted advertising delivers the best results. But now that Instagram has that, it's basically all one in the same. Yeah, exactly. Good way to tap in Facebook on that. Okay, next question. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, I, I think it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, which was, I think it was my, my parents telling me that I sh- was crazy to leave Google and shouldn't do it because it definitely did make me second guess my decision. Again, I did go ahead and do it, but that was probably one of the, one of the worst pieces of advice I've received. And did you already have, ki- I know you have two kids. Did you already have kids when you, when you launched the business? I did not. I you had not. kids over the past five years. Look, you, you chose a more intense route, but ultimately a much more rewarding route, not only personally, but professionally, like just to really challenge you. What, a, what an amazing and exciting thing. Absolutely. Okay. Last question for you. Would you rather have the ability to change the past or see the future? See the future. I mean, hands down, it would be great in so many ways, right? One, from a business perspective, just understanding sort of what is going to change. Like, of course I have opinions. I have thoughts, you know, you think, you know, what's going to happen and sometimes you're right. And sometimes you're wrong. Right. And of course, from a personal side as well, like if you could see the future and be able to impact something that might negatively affect your friends or your family or the people that you love. I mean, that's like, no, this isn't even a question for me. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show, Heidi. I'm so excited. I hope we found a few new third love devotees because I'm telling you guys, you have to try this because it's, it's really like not wearing a bra, but giving you the support of a bra. It's unbelievable. So Heidi, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best place to connect? 
Um, connect with me, you can always shoot me an email, Heidi at Third Love, or like I said, I'm on Instagram, find me there, right? <laughs> awesome, Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are one fabulous social lady. Thank you, awesome. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable, at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.